Welcome to Tell Me About Your Father's Daddy Issues, where we discuss the people, places, and things in recent current events and pop culture that do or do not have dad energy. Hi, guys. I'm Erin Hosier. I'm Elizabeth Thompson. And I'm Matthew Philp. What does it mean when we say, who's our dad or who's not our dad? Our dads have recently shown big boss energy tempered by compassion, intelligence, and or vulnerability. Someone who is not our dad has recently been infuriating, tragic, cruel, or just a massive disappointment. Mm. Today's episode is a very special one centered on Britney Spears and the ongoing movement to hashtag free Britney out from under the control of her father, Jamie Spears, who has been her legal and personal conservator since 2007. This is all outlined in the documentary produced by the New York Times, now on Hulu and FX, Framing Britney Spears. We're gonna get into the doc and its various heroes and zeros, But if you want to hear our special segment on Jamie Spears, where we do a deep dive into his history and what is really going on there, and holy shit, it's pretty shocking. Please head to patreon.com slash tellmeaboutyourfather to access our new series called Bad Dads, where we focus on one celebrity father that just plain sucks. You guessed it. (laughs) Every other Monday as a Daddy Issues Chaser. This and Mm -hmm. other fun bonuses are included for as little as $3 a month. Patreon.com. So, guys, usually I would ask you how you're doing this week, but since we're all so obsessed with Britney Spears and this documentary, I'll just ask you, Busy, where were you when you saw Framing Britney Spears? (laughs) (laughs) Or when were you? Um, When was I? was on Monday night, Monday, February 8th. Yep. And where was I was in my living room. And I was boiling over with rage, with sadness, with confusion, and honestly, a little bit of shame Mm -hmm. that as a young woman who certainly thought she knew better at the time yeah. why the insane media treatment of Britney didn't bother me more. Also, as someone who I think we all were working in media at that time. Yes. Yeah, it was very difficult to watch and very sad. Where and when were you guys? <sighs> I guess I saw it first. It was probably like the night it came out because I'm such a, you know, TV whore. I have to be up to date and... It was really surprising and shocking just looking back, trying to remember, like, what were my impressions of Britney Spears? And when was I judging her? What did I think about this incident where she shaved her head? And I, like a lot of people, I think just figured when her dad took over her conservatorship, which means he is legally her person. Like, he makes all the decisions for her medically, with her finances, and she tells her where to go and where she can go. And I think at the time, I was like, well, she's under the influence of some terrible people and terrible circumstances. Maybe it's a great thing that her dad, who is her family, you know, is taking over and helping protect her from these terrible people. Because ever Mm -hmm. since then, she has been performing. She had a residency in Vegas. She seems to have worked things out with her ex, Kevin Federline, and they share custody. And she seems healthy and well on stage. And then it's like you look up and it's 12 years later, and she still is under the thumb. Yeah. So we'll get into all that, too. But Matt, what stood out for you? You know, a lot of things came to mind. I mean, I had a, a similar reaction to Busy. Like, I at the time I was writing for a DNA magazine, I had a celebrity blog type thing that I was writing every week where I would basically just get a gossip 
item and then just like riff on it. And I did a podcast, a nightlife podcast, and we would talk about what was going on during the week and celebrity culture. And first thing that happened was I'm like, what was I actually saying about her? You know, right. how did I process that? And, I, and I'm like, I want to go back and really kind of scrutinize what I said. Because I remember the pervading idea at the time was that if you're a celebrity, you're rich and therefore untouchable and you're insulated from everything. And it's, we have the right to completely attack you and harass you as much as we want because it'll never reach you because reality doesn't hit you because you're insulated mm-hmm. from the pain that regular people experience and there was a kind right. of resentment but a kind of worship of celebrity at the time and I remember thinking that too and that was what it was I'm like oh my god how did I behave because this wasn't that long ago but it seems like it was like 50 years ago what we were letting slip by like yes truly astonishing and the only other thing I the thing I thought of was like Britney is like part of a lineage of this in American culture and American history that goes back more than a century. I mean, Joan Crawford, Judy Garland, Janis Joplin. I mean, they're the ones that come to mind straight away, but I mean, like... Frances Farmer, actually, who was lobotomized. Yeah, just these women who their job is to go out on stage and be entertaining in a bright way, Mm -hmm. deliver the entertainment. It doesn't matter what you feel... Don't bring it onto stage. Judy Garland, Joan Crawford, keep it inside. Like, that's what they had to do. And they had to go out there and do it anyway. Just smile through the pain. You know, like, what kind of a fucked up set of morals demands that of anybody, I think, you know? Yeah. I had the same thought, Mac. I was writing for crappy celebrity gossip blogs at this time. And I think at that point, I felt like she wasn't someone that we should be covering because she was struggling so much. I guess I should start the segments. You're not my father! This just never gets old. So that was a little sample of the actor Cole Escola as Matthew on difficult people. We're going to go a little bit chronologically with this since there's so much to unpack. We're going back to the late 90s and early 2000s. Let's go back to the top, the tippy top of her fame and where she's come from, just as a child star. So this segment where we talk about who our dads are not this week, we're doing this whole episode surrounding the Britney Spears doc. So we're going with people who were in the documentary who were and weren't our dads. Thank you. So my dad is not Justin Timberlake. Fair. Fair. So uh, just of today, we're recording this on Friday, February 12th. Justin Timberlake has made an apology publicly. He put something on Instagram, the classic celebrity notes app style, where you go in and write something. and then So it looks like your publicist didn't write it or your wife or whatever. <laughs> right. You just like walked around your property in Kentucky with your kids Faulkner and Hawthorne and, yes. you know. And, Those are their kids' names. And are Harper. They, Harper, Their yeah. kids are named Harper, Brooklyn, Hawthorne, and Faulkner's. <laughs> I want to shoot myself. Faulkner's and Harper's are playing, and he's just typing away on his app. Just That's everything right. that came into his mind was in that Instagram. So as we all know, Brittany and Justin were, teen you know, loves. teen loves. They grew up together. They met as kids working on the Mickey Mouse Club. And then they ended up dating in the late 90s when she was hugely famous. Yes. And he was also hugely famous because he was in the beloved 90s boy band NSYNC. It felt really gross to watch it reflected back in this documentary. A real fascination around her virginity. That's right. And you saw this rung out through pop culture for the following years after Britney and Justin were together. It wasn't just her. You know, if you'll remember the era, the early 2000s, mid 2000s, even late 2000s era of like promise rings and is Joe Jonas a virgin and stuff like that. There was like this interest in the virginity of teenagers and it's like making them safe for the parents of the kids that like them or something yeah i think so i think that must have been what it was so there was a big emphasis on her virginity and you see it's so upsetting the questions that are asked to her typically by men 
just in a crowded room with other journalists get to ask her whatever they want including are you a virgin is one scene and she you know she says yes but you can tell she's really uncomfortable cut to everyone who's listening to this basically knows what happened but I'll give the express version for my mom who's listening and might not know (laughs) um mommy here's how it goes yes I am from the mommy nation and I do call my mom mommy and I'm not ashamed wow own it I do own it so Brittany and Justin are dating they're obsessed with her virginity they break up they break up in 2002 maybe a year goes by and Justin puts out the song cry me a river in which in the video a woman who looks a lot like Britney Spears basically gets caught cheating on him yeah and that's sort of how he reveals to people that oh my god clutch your pearls a 20 year old woman or possibly 19 at the time cheated on her boyfriend it's shocking you know there's something really gross too in hindsight about the fact that he incorporated it into the video yeah it's like Um, a revenge porn but without the porn weaponizing a music video yes such a good point in the video, she's wearing her signature hat, the model. The, the fedora. The fedora. Yes, of and that, that time. the half shirt. I swear from behind, she looks exactly like her. The way yeah. she moves. Anyway. No, it's all very intentional. It is very purposeful to suggest to the viewer what's happening. Yeah. And this isn't... I don't think at the time there was a lot of knowledge about this. It wasn't like... Everyone knew she cheated and was waiting for her to comment. She starts dating Kevin Betterline. She sort of moves on. He starts dating other people. And they go their separate ways. But then Justin goes on like a morning zoo-esque show where they're, they're grilling him. Again, a bunch of dudes grilling another dude about whether he slept with her. And uh, Well, he said, tell us the truth. You effed Britney Spears. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, I did. He's like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Yeah, and then maybe. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah. I remember that being news. Like, yeah. he confirmed what we all knew. Like, why did we care so much? And I guess parents needed to be reassured that when Britney Spears was dancing sexually on stage and revealing outfits, that really it was just all part of a performance and she was a good Southern virgin behind the scenes it was more about the panic and obsession about controlling the purity of their own daughters who were listening to her to make sure that them listening to this woman or watching a woman enjoying the power of her body on stage or Mm. you know her desire didn't make them bad parents right Right. very much so it's what Maureen Dowd called America's sexual bipolarity and it was like you have parents who let five five-year-olds go on stage wearing a bikini but then they get freaked out by a Cezanne painting and have it banned you know like so it's like at the same time you've got to be a virginal whore you've got to be virginal but a whore virginal but a whore then it's like I remember thinking if that is what's sent Britney Spears over the edge I would not be surprised if that alone is what sent her over the edge then I wouldn't be surprised totally so this is all to say that Justin Timberlake publicly disclosed that she was unfaithful but then sort of sat back while she was vilified and ripped apart in the media because of it. Justin Timberlake apologized today in our year of the Lord 2021 on February 12th to his ex-girlfriend Britney Spears and also Janet Jackson who he famously was in a very controversial Super Bowl appearance with in which her breast was exposed with a pasty on it and which she was also vilified and ripped apart by the media while he kind of skateboarded away laughing. I want to play for you guys two separate clips of what it sounds like in 2006 and 2007 for Justin Timberlake to acknowledge the pain and discomfort and ways that he has hurt the women in his life, one who he dated and I'm assuming loved at some point, and one who he was involved in a massive cultural moment in which he could have stood up and didn't. So in 2006, an interview between Janet Jackson and Oprah, and I'm going to play a little bit of it. So he was supposed to pull that off and we just see the red there. And he ripped the whole thing. So he he had you practiced or whatever before? Yes, we did. Uh Uh-huh. 
And so the moment that happened, you immediately covered your breast mm -hmm. because you didn't want to be exposed. Mm -hmm. If you'd wanted to be exposed, you wouldn't have covered it. Exactly. Okay. Very embarrassing moment. It was a very embarrassing moment. Yes. Well, 24 hours after that Super Bowl, Janet issued an apology. Uh, and I, I had read some in another magazine that you regret making that apology. Is that mm -hmm. true? Why? Uh, it was an accident. And yeah, management I that I had wrong. at the time, right. they thought it was important that I did, mm -hmm. you know, with the project coming out. And, and I had said, actually, before I sat down to, to uh, record the apology, that I had said to them, well, what? What are you apologizing yeah, for? Yeah, why am I apologizing for an accident? Well, you did say in the apology you apologize for anybody who might have been offended. Right, and, and they wanted me to say that, so, uh -huh. so I did. They thought it was best that I do, so I did. Do you think in any way that uh, Justin Timberlake left you hanging out there? <laughs> I am speaking to Miss Jackson. <laughs> the audience, like, the audience. enraged by well, that, yeah. Uh, in All the emphasis was put on me, mm -hmm. not on Justin. And uh, <laughs> just Justin, we were friends, mm -hmm. and and not that we we aren't now. We haven't spoken, but but uh, I consider him a friend, and I'm very loyal. And friendship is very important to me. Well, just, Justin Timberlake recently talked about the incident. Did you know that? I, I heard. Okay. So two years have gone by. This is some by. of what he said. He said, if you consider it 50-50, meaning I think that both of you were up there on the stage doing this, then I probably got 10% of the blame. I think America is harsher on women, he said, and I think America is unfairly harsh on ethnic people. <laughs> so that's what he said. Ethnic people. He thinks that. He's not sure. He thinks that. Uh, do you think people were too He's positing you? that as an idea. I really don't think he wrote I think that. They were. I think they did put all the emphasis mm -hmm. on me, and uh, as opposed to us. Like I said, friendship is very important to me, and certain things you just don't do to friends. Yeah. And um, in my own time, in my own time. Translation, there are certain things you just don't do to friends, right. meaning he fucked me over and I'm furious and yeah. I very well could have taken that call and I didn't. Of course. And issuing a lukewarm, tepid apology like he did 15 years later today. Ooh, do tell. About his ex. It wasn't cool. And also, why was he referring to a black woman as an ethnic person in 2006? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand either, because that wasn't... An ethnic person? We were in the African-American phase of our parlance around black people, and I just don't know why he would say that. I feel like that's a weird way to put it. So let's jump to 2007. A year later, Justin himself goes on Oprah to talk about his new album, blah, blah, blah. This is a year after the Janet Jackson fake non-apology and the height of Britney shaving her head, having her kids taken from her and really publicly struggling and understandably spiraling. Mm -hmm. Oprah takes the interview and turns it to Britney. Uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask the Britney question. And so... What question is that? Okay. What do you think is going on with Brittany? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I haven't I spoken to know. her in years. Really? Um, Brittany yeah. who? What? I mean, um, it's, I, there's no ill will or, or no... Um, I have nothing but love for her. And, and mm -hmm. we had... It, it's funny because we dated each other at a time. Mm -hmm. um, wow, I haven't talked about this in a long time. It's, Interesting, but we. But you've yeah. never talked about it to me, so well, it's okay. Hey, okay, let's get it in, let's girl. Let's get it in. <laughs> so I, I, um, get it in, girl. We were teenagers, you know, and yeah, and, um, and famous teenagers. Yeah, and I think that that's basically the best way to describe. It's really good. What happened to us, and and um, I think she's a great person, and I, I don't know her as well as I did. You know, um, yeah. I don't know who she I, I did her when was. I was how, many, how many years ago was that? <laughs> I believe it was six or seven years yeah. ago. Yeah. So, and and um, we haven't spoken since. So, is everybody speculating about what's going on? Is she ever nervous? The worst breakdown? part. This is the worst is part. She... I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. 
don't know. Is that what they're speculating? What I what I what I can say about what I what I do know about her is she has a huge heart and she is a great person. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I, I got nothing for you. I don't, I don't know. He is absolutely allowed to say, I don't really want to talk about that. It was a long time ago. It was six years ago. We were kids. But the worst part of that interview is that we're supposed to sit there in 2007 when that is all media was talking about was what was going on with Britney Spears while Justin Fain's kind of surprise and, oh, I didn't even... I haven't talked to her. It's been a long time. And is that what people are saying? That they're worried about her mental health? No, dude. Now, to be fair, Justin Timberlake in that clip is 27 years old. And 27-year-old men are monsters. <laughs> 27 is about when they, ha- they have like satin returns and they start becoming like humans. But it's only just beginning. Right. The 22 to 27 is monster messiah years. <laughs> 27 it starts to the the glacier starts to melt inch by inch and it only really stops melting to form a person around the age of 40 i'm just gonna say it most people in their 20s should be given like a mannequin like that's your boyfriend or girlfriend it's like home ec when you get a baby in high school like a baby doll (laughs) you have to carry it around and take care of it right that should be what they give to you from ages when you want to start dating till 30 at least, and be like, this is your mannequin, boyfriend, girlfriend, and you deal with all of your fucked up, like, psychological stuff with the mannequin, and then you could start dating a person when you're 30, and you'll still get it horribly wrong. (laughs) Anyways, Justin Timberlake has a track record of not showing up for Britney Spears and not showing up for for Janet Jackson. And he did it again today when he issued an apology on Instagram, which I'll read to you. He says, as a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this. He's talking about his the fact that he, being a white man in and of itself, has had a completely different experience than Janet Jackson and his ex-girlfriend, Britney Spears. Because of my ignorance, I didn't recognize it. I didn't recognize for all that it was while it was happening in my own life but I do not want to ever benefit from other people being pulled down again. Which, okay, but it's well, kind I'm of sure like he's saying... Being praised for this, right? Yeah, I like, mean... Kind the of? Top I mean, I don't... Comments are people are like, oh, this is feet. finally a great apology from somebody who's oh. taking it, it seriously. But is he? Because it's like saying... I never want to benefit from other people being pulled down again. Mm. Well, you will. You just got done saying that the very nature of your being will continue to benefit you as it has throughout your entire career, Justin. Mm. So saying that you don't want it to ever be the case, okay, but that's going to be the case always. So how about for the rest of your life, you keep issuing these uncomfortable statements? (laughs) Because I can't think of any other way to sort of own it and not to benefit from other people being pulled down again. The other part of the apology goes like this. I have not been perfect in navigating all this throughout my career. I know this apology is a first step and it doesn't absolve the past. I want to take accountability for my own mistakes and all of this, as well as be a part of a world that uplifts and supports. Great. I truly, truly, truly in the bottom of my heart hope that Janet Jackson and Britney Spears got personal messages and phone calls from him. I mean, we heard that clip of Oprah. Who knows if they'll take the calls? But that's not an apology. And saying, I don't ever want to benefit from who I am again. And Mm -hmm. I want to take accountability. And I'm going to get back to you on what that looks like. The reality is you're going to go bye-bye, and that's fine. I think you should go bye-bye for a while. Yeah. Go walk around on your your property and play golf and throw the football with Tom Brady. He has a new movie coming out in which he's dreadful because he wants to also be a movie star, but he, he doesn't seem to be able to get there. Wait, is this the movie where he, he cheated on dad. his pregnant wife while she with uh, Ooh, his starlet yeah. down I mean, that's in Louisiana? Th- that's the other thing is that yeah there's some apple tv movie that came out with him with some kid that he's playing opposite but don't forget that last year justin timberlake was caught cheating with 
a co-star from a movie cheating oh my god cheating who did who does such a thing who did that to him that was so scarring that he's still fucking milking it who did that to him that was so scarring when they were 19 and who's continuing to do that when he's well now he's 40 so at the time he would have been 39 with a baby at home and a pregnant wife (laughs) and you're still cheating so let's go get a new PR team who doesn't give you posts like that (laughs) to put up on your stupid feed and go away and tell your wife to stop making anti-vaxxer comments (laughs) and that's it Justin Timberlake you are not my father I don't have a lot of sympathy or empathy for you because it's 15 years later and you're still issuing these wan bullshit non-comments so thank you you blew it goodbye who wants to go next well I'm next because we're moving through time in the ways that various people failed Britney Jean and I was struck when I watched the doc that the period of the early 2000s, in this case, I'm going to talk about an interview that happened in 2003 that is pretty infamous. Diane Sawyer, the venerable journalist, she does it all. She does war. She does celebrity sit-downs. She does politics. She is married to Mike Nichols. I'll fact-check that later. If they were married at that time, I believe they were. She's considered the classiest of the classy, okay? So when she did this interview, Brittany was 21 years old. And apparently, and I had no memory of this, the first lady of Maryland, whose name I don't know, of course, but her last name is Ehrlich, or Ehrlich. Anyway, there's a bit of, of her threatening Britney's life, and it completely makes Britney break down and cry. Before that, Diane Sawyer grills Britney. What did she do to Justin to cause him to leave? Again, this is only, I think it's like four years after they broke up or something. I mean, she's still young. She's 22 at the time, Britney Spears is. Okay, so we're gonna play a clip that has little bits of it all. He's gone on television and pretty much said, you broke his heart. You did something that caused him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? Britney Spears has upset a lot of mothers in this country, starting with the wife of the governor of Maryland. Really, if I had an opportunity to, to shoot Britney Spears, I think I would. Oh, that's horrible. Well, she, that's really bad. I've had a year that would test a lot of people. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Hello. Ew. She's crying here, starting to sink in that someone has just threatened her life or wishes she were dead and worse she could shoot her because she's such a quote-unquote bad influence on young girls in america it's so horrifying it's it's really really scary because what is that woman saying to her own daughter what kind of backlash was there to this like who's apparently none i had no memory of things kendall ehrlich is her name there was actually outrage over the shooting comment and she did apologize but you know it, I mean, it, it was it was long enough and it wasn't enough that none of us remember it yeah what's interesting about this is just hot on the heels of talking about oprah diane sawyer yeah. and oprah are kind of on the same level in terms of these interviews like diane sawyer would have spent a year planning this and she would have really had a team on this trying to gauge the mood of mainstream america so these yeah. are the questions that she thought people wanted to know the answers to as well. Right. And this preceded the Oprah interview. Yeah, no, I'm just saying just in terms of like going from busy segment about Oprah, like these questions are crafted for mainstream America and they kind of almost want to ask the questions that mainstream America wants to ask. So that's what Diane Sawyer in her decades of award-winning journalism ascertained and that's the question yeah. she asked. That is crazy to me. That is like actual abuse on air. 
and then nothing. Yeah. yeah, it is. She's way too young. I remember watching that interview in my college apartment. I'm a year younger than Brittany. So my takeaway from that interview was not, and this is me at this age, having like gone through the Bikini Kill boot camp. I yep. took my women's studies courses. I thought, you know, Valerie Solanus's Scum Manifesto was like <laughs> the most amazing thing I'd ever read. Jesus. <laughs> that men are actually walking abortions. You know? Sure, sure. I watched it and my takeaway wasn't, how dare she grill her that way? What is she doing? Why is she acting with all of this? judgment on her own internalized misogyny whatever i didn't have any language for that my takeaway from it was she is such a square and america's mothers are square all it's about is the fact that madonna kissed her on stage in front of justin timberlake mm. with but they were broken up right yeah and the shot of justin looking uncomfortable which he was i'm sure looking thrilled, so mad. totally thrilled to be involved in that in some way it was 2003 as well and he was so pissed and i thought it was hilarious but i think matt to your point too of like this is taking the context of social media there was no gauge there was us weekly there was sort of tmz and that's it there wasn't twitter there wasn't instagram there was no public discourse between celebrities and their fans or between fans and other fans that's straight yeah there was nothing so you're right that it was just happening in a vacuum with probably a team of researchers and a producers yeah sure, sure. but also it's this idea i think that it's actually okay for her to be grilled on tv because she's rich and famous and she can That's handle right. it. That's fine to do that to her. She doesn't really feel this. And if she didn't want to feel this discomfort, she should walk away from the fame that she's courting. That was, I think, a pervading idea then. So it's like... Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, you, you want yeah. to be rich and famous. You have to be abused on TV. You have to be beyond reproach. And when we call you on this, it's because you deserve it. So take our yeah. abuse or Deborah Winger it and go to the country, you know? <laughs> I really think that Britney is a victim of the Madonnafication of pop star-ism. Is that a thing? Where yeah, Madonna... Totally actively courted fame and used her sexuality as like the in-your-face F you to America and the world. Like, I'm going to rule the world with my tits. And so part of the world hates Madonna to this day for that. And I think Britney's situation where she's merely like wearing the outfits that J-Lo, Christina, Miley Cyrus, Beyonce... You know, mm -hmm. like the bodysuit to dance on stage. And then you do provocative semi-nudes in magazines. That's what mm -hmm. you do. That's how it works. But Britney was different because she was in the Mickey Mouse Club. You know, she was on Star Search. She was this little girl. Yeah. And then she was a woman. She's not a girl. Not well, that's right. Navigating that transition was so precarious for so many people. Like Miley so Cyrus, many. I think, was actually really fascinating when she did it because she came out, she had certain gestures already decided that she was going to turn them into memes. She did this thing with her tongue. She would put out to the side of her mouth. These were all yeah. established. And she went out and she did the wrecking ball thing where she was naked on the wrecking ball, yeah. just like ripping off the band-aid. And then she just had to sit in that fire for a while. And this was the burning down of Hannah Montana and the resurrection or the phoenix that is Miley Cyrus. But that transition yeah. was so, so precarious because of the fact that she had this childlike career. Yeah, because nobody wants to have a boner for somebody that you used to watch who lives in your brain right. as a little kid right. who's innocent. Oh, I would strongly disagree with that. I think that's what's going on in parents' minds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like how, but how I do you also erase that? remember a lot of grown men. Justin Timberlake became a sex symbol and an actor. He got to do it. I mean, it, he, but he wishes he was an actor. He did act. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's worked with Fincher. You're absolutely right. Fincher. Yes, you're right. So you're saying that, that people needed to see the child star aspects burn down 
so that they could feel okay with wanting to fuck the newly reborn hot babe that comes from the I think so. I Disney. think that was something that Miley Cyrus really... I mean, that's one that I remember. She just went, no, I'm actually an adult now. Right, and Burn I smell yeah. hot, and I, I'm into throubles. Whatever. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think as like a marketing branding thing, they all needed to do that. I mean, women, but sure. Yeah. The idea that like anyone ever had qualms. Remember those yeah. ticker countdowns for the Olsen twins turning yeah. 18? I do. And I think there was one for Miley turning 18. What was happening? It always occurred to me like you have all these fantastic actresses who are like once they hit 40. 45 they're suddenly nowhere because no one will hire them unless they're Meryl Streep and it's like Mm -hmm. who's making that decision except for a hormonal 14 year old boy and ultimately right like because you get women who have acted and survived in Hollywood in their 40s 50s 60s I mean they've got to be better at their craft then than any other time in their life why ignore them because you have this adolescent male mentality that only wants essentially girls in their late teens early 20s yeah well matt let's transition who's not your dad in this documentary um i think perez hilton and you know Mm. it's fascinating we've talked a lot about how you write about that what you can get away with and how kind of shocking it is to think about the change in mentality then and now especially considering that it really wasn't that long ago I remember doing an interview with Perez Hilton. I did several interviews with him, a couple on a podcast, but one for DNA magazine. And his line was, I dish it and I can take it. So he uglified himself. I don't know how much weight he put on on purpose, but he had this like crazy purple hair. And you see him on the documentary saying, yeah, this is fabulous. Like the more crazy and fucked up Britney is, the better it is for me. Just openly saying Mm. that openly admitting it that's the business model and that that was the idea that was what was pervading the public sphere i remember talking actually at the time to richard lawson who's the critic at vanity fair now but at the time he was in is at gawker and we were comparing the point at which we both just stopped talking about britney just like don't write about it anymore this is not appropriate like and it and you know it's pretty shocking and appalling that it wasn't earlier, to be perfectly honest. But yeah. I mean, when you're just like seeing this person suffer in public and you're like, no, no, she's bipolar and she's on a beach and she's dancing in her underwear and perhaps are just around snapping photos. This is grotesque. Yeah. And this is yeah. really horrific. And even if she's calling them, she should be taken care of, which is again... I guess why I thought Jamie was like, okay, now I feel better about yeah. my involvement I don't in discourse. Have to think about it. Because Jamie is coming and he's just like going to take her away from all that stuff. But I think that documentary really did make me think about this because I did a blog where if I go back and look at it now, it is just rage spewed at celebrities. That's all it is. Totally. And it's all about projection. It has nothing to do with them because I don't know any of these people. I never knew any of them. And it was okay to do that at the time. I mean, and that's, I guess, another point that comes up in this. I think when the lawyer in in the documentary says, you aren't going to know Britney. Like, eight people will know Britney. If you want to see Britney sending messages of I need to be rescued, whatever, you're going to see them in her Instagram. So the idea that you have access to them and you can project this rage onto them is so crazy and so toxic. Yeah, that era of Perez Hilton and other bloggers. Like Michael Kay at Delisted. I mean, Michael Kay had his moments and he referred to her as Our Lady of Cheetos. And Michael Kay is quite creative in how he described people is very funny way more funny and brilliant i won't call drawing fake jizz on people's faces ever funny i mean it wasn't funny when people were going nuts for perez hilton well also he doth protest too much remember when he lost all the weight and suddenly you know became a father to an infant and and got abs and then started wearing makeup on his body i mean yeah He obviously wasn't okay with being fat. You don't go from fat to, like, ripped, you know, A, without surgeries, and B, without obsessing over your body. Dieting and exercising. He talked about that in interviews, too. Somebody was talking to him about being 
gay in Hollywood or something. And it's like, you must get laid because you're famous. And he's like, um, gays don't like fat people. And it was like, well, if you're hanging out in West Hollywood with those type of gays, then that's probably what you're experiencing all the time is this kind of aggressive yeah. rejection, which then he exacerbates. I don't know. Again, look at me <laughs> psychoanalyzing somebody. I do not know Perez Hilton enough. Nobody knows Perez. Nobody will ever. You will never know Perez Hilton. <laughs> You'll never know. He's an enigma. I think about what the fuck was I doing? Why didn't this bother me more at the time? And I think a lot of it was just the culture. I mean, when Britney Spears got huge, I think I was a sophomore in high school when Hit Me Baby One More Time came out. Mm -hmm. And it was this gross kind of double world where as a girl, I saw grown men lusting after her and talking about her. There's all these clips, stupid late night clips in the documentary. There's Jay Leno jokes. This is the the era of, as we've talked about it in the Loveline episode, the man show and Jimmy Kimmel and women jumping on trampolines. And I just want to read a, a tweet from a music critic named Larry Fitzmaurice, who I really like. And he used to write for the music magazine, The Fader, among other publications. But he had these tweets that I thought were really good earlier this week. He wrote, My main takeaway from framing Britney Spears is that every media apparatus I came in contact with as a young man in the 2000s was specifically tailored to promote misogyny, which I wish I was more aware of during my adolescence. People love to roll their eyes at young people these days, but they have the ability to log on and read about why certain viewpoints are toxic and violent. When you're 13 and only absorbing traditional media, you're told that someone like Britney is either a sex object or a sinner, and that's it. Anyway, the entire 2000s deserves a mass reckoning regarding misogyny and the promotion of rape culture. Think of all the damage that shit like the American Pie franchise and Entourage did in encouraging young men to degrade disrespect and enact violence upon women yeah magically well said a to the men well said yeah well that brings us to our next transition which is the dads that have recently shown big boss energy tempered by compassion intelligence and or vulnerability i wish you were my dad busy who is the hero So the person who displayed big boss energy tempered by compassion and vulnerability and intelligence is her current boyfriend, Sam Asghari, who this week, he released a statement saying, drum roll, please. Jamie Spears is a dick. He released a statement this week on Tuesday. Here's what he said. It's important for people to understand that I have zero respect for someone trying to control our relationship and constantly throwing obstacles our way. In my opinion, Jamie Spears is a total dick. I won't be going into details because I've always respected our privacy, but at the same time, I didn't come to this country to not be able to express my opinion in freedom. He's Iranian, so that's what that is a reference to. So. Basically, in the juxtaposition of Justin Timberlake and don't get it twisted that today's apology suffices because it's been a long time and he's just now acting like, okay, I've been seeing a lot of the comments about me and I'm going to, you know, nip this in the butt. No, you have known what was happening for a long time and your statement about it was just as weak as the other statements you've made about Britney and Janet Jackson. But the segment is about who my dad is. And Sam is my dad for basically saying, I believe my girlfriend. I've seen it in action. He is an asshole. I don't (laughs) want to be in a situation where being in an adult relationship with my girlfriend that her dad has any control over it. That's it. It's not. Are people saying that? Britney is mentally unstable. Right. I hadn't heard that. It's just like very clear, very eloquent support. Sometimes all you really need is a partner to say, that was horrible. It is horrible. I believe you and I support you. And I'm so sorry that that happened. And I'm angry on your behalf. Yeah. And I think it's really powerful. And I'm glad that he said it. And I'm glad that Britney is finally with someone who has 
the ability to articulate such a complicated emotion and be a decent human to the press, unlike some people we know. We know very well. Amen. What's at the crux of this is that Brittany has been under this conservatorship for 12 years now and over the last few years has said, I do not want my father really to have any role in the conservatorship. An outside firm might be good or somebody that has her financial interests at heart, her best interests. Um, And there is somebody that she has asked to be her representative. Anyway, I just wanted to point out that Brittany herself doesn't want her father involved. So my dad this week is Craig Ferguson, who back Mm -hmm. in, it was when she had her nervous breakdown, there was the umbrella incident, she had shaved her head and she'd been hospitalized. There, all of these dramas happened in rapid succession. Reportedly when she had severe postpartum depression and her marriage was breaking up and she was losing custody of her children. When everybody was making jokes, including Jay Leno, who is supposed to be a friend to women because he's married to a feminist. Oh, please. Yeah, we all are. We're all married to feminists. Craig Ferguson had a late night talk show. He comes from the comedy world, right, Matt? I'm asking you because... He has an accent. I figure you all know each other. (laughs) We all do know each other. Matt, you're Australian. Craig is Scottish. We all look the same. We all sound the same. Yeah, he's an actor. He was on um, the Drew Carey show before that. An elegant man. Okay, here we go. I kind of had similar feelings when I... When I used to watch America's Funniest Home Videos, you know, you'd be laughing at the kid falling over, and then you go, wait a minute, put down the damn camera and help your kid. What the hell is wrong with you? And, I, and, I, and I think we're kind of holding the camera, and people are falling apart. People are, people are dying. That Anna Nicole Smith woman, she died. Not, it's not a joke, you know, it's, it stops being funny. That, that She's got a six-week-old kid or six-month-old kid. What the hell is that? You know, and, I, I, and I, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about making fun of these people. For me, comedy should have a certain amount of joy in it. It should be about, uh, about us attacking the powerful people, attacking the politicians and the, and the Trumps and the, and the blowhards of the world. Go after them. We should be attacking the vulnerable people. And I think, I, I'm going to, this is totally a mere call, but this is just for me. I think my aim's been off a bit recently. I, I, I want to change it a bit. So tonight, no Britney Spears jokes. This woman has two kids. She's 25 years old. She's a baby herself. She's a baby. She's a baby. She's a baby herself. She's a baby. But that shows the mentality at the time. They're rich and famous, so it's fine to laugh at them. Anna Nicole Smith wasn't even rich. She was just famous, and she didn't even have that kind of visceral, polished talent Brittany had. Yeah. She dies. Yeah. That was that was really kind of brutal, the way that she died. With a tiny baby. She had just had Danny Lynn, and then her son died. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The same, like, weekend. The audience laughs at the idea that Anna Nicole Smith died. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like part of it. Oh, she's famous, therefore she's rich, therefore she's actually untouchable. And this is just part of the course. It's drunk clown woman who we're used to seeing on E! Online. We're going to laugh. Well, what all these women have in common, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, Anna Nicole, they were all born poor, relatively speaking. You know, they're trash. And so once they got rich, money can't buy taste. You know, somebody like me takes offense at somebody's uh, cut off shorts. Like that, because mm-hmm. I'm so shallow. It's just like all I care about is fashion back then. Back then, post me too, I've, I feel more for actors in peril. I feel more for exploited young women. But that's the thing too. Or men. Like, and I guess, you know, if you think about the experience that she would have had of being relentlessly pursued by photographers on the level of Princess Diana. Definitely. You know, like, I still remember thinking, ah, whatever, you caught it, you want it, you call them, you tell them, this yeah. is part of the mm-hmm. game, you wanted it, you signed up for it, if you didn't want that, you would walk away. That's what we right. said on the, on the show that I used to do on D-List Radio, we said that. But the fact of the matter is, you can't really... 
you you walk out of the house and they don't give a fuck about your safety they are just on top of you i don't know what that's like but i can imagine it would be really harrowing and it would justify tears the footage is crazy the footage is so sad like there's one scene where i teared up where she is at the height of the the britney scandals her baby is on her lap in a diner and she's just trying to go in the diner because the paparazzi can't go inside Mm -hmm. but they can be outside the window and there's like regular people just trying to have dinner and it's just yeah, like flashbulb 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 and she's you know cradling her baby and you realize like in a year's time she's not going to have custody of that baby yeah she's sobbing that was a really difficult i mean we've seen that footage a million times her yeah. crying in the restaurant with her baby on her lap but her body language in that moment is that of a woman who has been chased who is rattled and looking around for help from somebody. She's literally looking around in both directions, crying. No one is helping her. How do I get out of here? Someone called 911. I can't imagine that feeling that she must have felt. And, And yeah, Matt, to your point of like, I think the takeaway then was... Well, do you want to be famous or not? This is part of it. There was no social media. There was no other access to these people. So it was TMZ everything. And it got really out of hand. And the only people I can think of who who were in the same position, who came out of it intact, were the Olsen twins because mm. they disappeared off the face of the planet. That's right. They were also photographed to death and followed around and chased. And they decided that they would go become fashion designers. And wear caftans forever. And go to NYU. And But it took them disappearing. It wasn't an option for Britney Spears at the time. The other thing I think you said, Aaron, about like now I'm post Me Too, I have a different mentality about it. I think it's Me Too. And I also think it's that Larry Fitzmaurice tweet I was reading earlier is like, it is... The fact that a younger generation has come along and said, why are we making fun of people for having substance abuse issues? Yeah. Why are we delighting in the public pain of people who can't keep their eyes open during an interview yeah. or get a complete sentence out at an award show? Why do we think this is funny? Amy fucking Winehouse. Yeah. But think about all of the the D-listed posts about making fun of Amy Winehouse, yeah. like walking around barefoot with heroin scars on her feet. I think we really do owe it to younger people today for being like, number one, we need to stop delighting in mental illness and treating it as some titillating thing mm-hmm. and substance abuse. And we still struggle with it. Look at how... You know, people tried to treat Hunter Biden this summer when those Mm. photos leaked of him in the bathtub on his laptop and people were laughing about what a mess he was or the the leaked text messages. And the response, I felt like you can see the difference. I mean, again, we're talking about a man and not a woman. So I don't know if it's the best comparison, but I feel like it's a sign of how much the times are changed that people were pretty quick to say, leave him alone. That's someone who's in pain who's trying to get help. Well, namely his father saying, leave my son alone. And his father saying in those text messages to him, I love you and I'm proud of you and I want you to to get better. His father also in the debate saying, I'm proud of my son. Yes. He went through that. He came through that. And I'm proud of my son. He's dealing with it like a lot of American families. And I do think that the conversation, quote unquote, has changed a lot around addiction and the vilification of people who are struggling with something that so many people struggle with. I had a warm feeling about when I was watching it were the protesters who I think were Mm -hmm. vilified as nutcase lunatic fanatics early on with the hashtag free Britney. But it's interesting the way that they're portrayed in the documentary because they're very rational people. They were just like, you know, the one girl comes out and she says, if Britney were to say, hey, I'm fine, leave me alone, go home, we would, I would leave her alone. But I think there's something wrong here. And she's like, it was interesting to meet up with other people who had that same instinct. And I think that's different to Britney is the embodiment of everything that I am. I'm copying Britney. I want to be Britney. And it's like a lot of middle-aged people. Not that somebody in their late 30s is middle-aged, but you know what I mean. Like, 
her peers. That's the thing. There was a gay boy in particular who was speaking to the crowd and and he said that she gave him the strength to come out. And I appreciate that. I think it doesn't matter if he does not know Britney Spears, right? He took that meaning from her work and that helped him. And that's a good thing. And I I, I, like personally, I think back to every like difficult period of time and there's always some female vocalist who has gotten me through it from like Kate Bush to Judy yep. Garland, to Joan Sutherland, to Tori Amos, to Britney Spears, Madonna, any it's always a woman. Britney is a bit like Princess Diana in that way. I think you have to be mm-hmm. honest with yourself about, I never knew Princess Diana. I don't know Britney Spears. So I, d- I didn't cry at Princess Diana's funeral and a lot of people did. <gasps> oh, I did. But I think that the reason that they did is because she was kind of uniquely kind and actually did do some real good in the world. Brittany, I think, has done that in kind of helping people to feel stronger. And I think Princess Diana did that. She was the first person to touch someone with AIDS. It was incredibly important. Those individual moments are important. Like, I'm not going to cry at Princess Diana's death like I knew her. I'm not projecting more onto Brittany than... Than, than is appropriate here. But I think that there's something good about her in the world and that yeah. it is sad that this is happening. And I think it's great that these people who felt she was important to them have been standing up for her and continue to do it, just relentlessly pushing, and now they're getting some steam. I think that's really great. I think it is too. And also what's appropriate when you're a fan of someone, especially as a young person, you're not going through a personal gauntlet of like, do I know this person? You're like, this person is amazing. The way she moves on stage makes me feel okay dancing like that in my bedroom Mm -hmm. and expressing myself. And I feel free and happy and powerful when I listen to this person's music. And as someone who's now 38 watching this comparison that you just made, because when I said I cried, I cried watching Prince William and Prince Harry walk with that card that said mommy on the casket with the flowers. Not crying, not allowed to cry. They were little boys. As Craig Ferguson says, she was a baby. She was a baby. She was a baby. And her kids are still very young. Of course, they're seeing this stuff. So the free Britney movement protesters are the people who have kept this conversation going. And they they sat it through being told they were crazy for a long time. And there probably are some fanatics. Like Chris Crocker was, I think, fanatical at the time. But actually, you know, I kind of revisited that. And and he was one of those kids. He was one of those, like, really alienated, like, femme-presenting kid. You're talking about the guy that infamously said... Leave Britney alone video. I I think... he had the same instinct about her. What was interesting about that too was the follow-up video that he did, or maybe it's part of this video where he says, Perez says that she should get out there and perform no matter what. As though Perez Hilton is some authority on what is appropriate. Oh my God. But it's also just this idea that there it is. There's the mentality once again. He's being told, no, you're, you can't feel sad for this person who you idolize. You can't because she has to get out there and perform no matter what. Your tears are not appropriate here. She doesn't deserve them. That's the mentality of it. But I look back and I'm like, here's a kid just saying kind of what he, what he really felt. And he seems like he was onto something. Yeah, it was someone saying this person who has been such an important icon for a lot of gay boys like myself has done a lot for culture that will always resonate with me and with her fans and we have to stop laughing at her pain yeah Mm -hmm. and what did we do as a society we turned him into a meme and we laughed at his pain yeah and it's true and, and he released a statement this week talking about how that response to him was fundamentally transphobic. And I'll read a bit of it. It says, me saying leave Britney alone was never really the issue. Michael Moore said it and no one batted an eyelash. Maybe people reaching out to tell me, Chris, you were right, would feel good if I knew that people could unpack that the reason no one took me seriously was because I was a gender-bending teenager and the reaction to me was transphobic. So, yeah, that's a fair point to make. Interesting. Just another person who was like part of that orbit, I think. 
I mean, we could go on and on, and we will in the Jamie Bad Dad segment on Patreon. This guy has had quite a life as kind of a scary monster. That's my opinion. But let's there, talk well, yeah. about recently, as in a year ago, there was a restraining order against Britney's dad by Kevin Federline, the father of Britney's two sons. Talk about that incident. So Jamie Spears, while in Britney's home with her two sons, with his two grandsons, broke a door down and put his hands on his oldest grandson. And Kevin Federline put a restraining order against him. I don't think he's seen them since then. But this is someone who is clearly struggling with anger. He does have a past with alcoholism, and he has struggled with his sobriety, and he's gone to rehab. The most troubling thing for me about Jamie is that before Britney got really famous, her parents were pretty poor. And it wasn't just because of the fact that he worked as a construction worker and they didn't have a lot. They had declared bankruptcy at that point. Yeah. So it seems very strange to me that someone who's declared bankruptcy, who has been estranged from his daughter, had at least a complicated relationship with her in the past, and who has a proven recent record of being violent with his grandsons in her home, would be allowed to stay on as a conservator. The other thing I think that we can say before we wrap up is that it does seem like some movement towards yeah. the, the uncurling of his hands around his daughter is starting to happen. Today, a judge did not grant him the ability to have control over any of her assets or investments. So that's that's a nice that's a first step. step yeah. One thing that the documentary talks about and that I think a lot of people have been left kind of wondering about and which does really tie all this up in a nice little bow of misogyny is what is so bad what happened that just time and time again you know with the judges that have access to her medical records that say no this man that she has a really fraught relationship with who has a history of being violent towards his grandsons mm. and has not proven to be okay with money why now that we know everything that we know is he's still being given conservatorship over her what happened it's like lindsey graham dirt like he has some dirt that allows him to keep but nothing she could have done could be worse than what he has been accused of doing right. if she had assaulted her children like he right. assaulted her children yeah, yeah. that would have made the news Right. I think the idea is that when her sons got taken from her originally, she had locked herself in a room with the kids, was fighting with the police, wouldn't let them come near her or the kids, and was also drunk or on drugs or both. Okay. Right. How long ago was that? 12 years. Not only how long ago was that, but also all Britney Spears is asking is for her father not to be her conservator. She's not yeah. even saying, you know what, I, I should be on my own. I shouldn't have anybody there to look out for me or whatever. Right. She's simply saying, I don't want this person to be him. And it's perfectly reasonable for her to make that request. Right. Because a conservatorship, it's your body. It's your personhood. It's everything. It's your brain, it's your your happiness, it's your ability to, to make work. I mean, it's not just about the money. Brittany said in a letter uh, a few years ago that it costs her $3 million a year to pay everybody who's involved. She's bankrolling all of it. Yep. Aaron and I started thinking last night, what other celebrities, if any, are under conservatorships and we discovered that the only other celebrity right now is Amanda Bynes, yeah. who very publicly ha also struggled with substance abuse and mental health issues. As a teenager. Is she working? As a teenager. I don't know. I know no. she was trying to get sober and she moved here to become a fashion designer and go to FIT. Um, her mother is her conservator. But, you know, two young women who were thrust into the spotlight as babies and who were scrutinized into the ground. No male celebrities.
Kanye West, who thinks he's Jesus, doesn't have a conservatorship. Yeah, but he's not going to be doing a Vegas residency while under that conservatorship. That's the thing. Like, she actually did... That's true. ...the equivalent of a Broadway show for how many years? Yeah. And yet is still incapable, apparently. And she has said, I don't want him controlling my career. But we'll let Britney Jean Spears have the last word in her own story. After the documentary came out and people started to react to it on Twitter, she posted on Instagram, I've always loved being on stage, but I am taking the time to learn and be a normal person. I love simply enjoying the basics of everyday life. Each person has their own story and their take on each other's stories. We all have so many different bright, beautiful lives. A string of emojis. Remember, no matter what we think we know about a person's life, it is nothing compared to the actual person living behind the lens. Thank you, Brittany. Tell Me About Your Father and Daddy Issues are produced by Aaron Hosier, Elizabeth Thompson, and Matthew Philp. Follow us at Tell Me About Your Father on Instagram and Facebook. And if you agree or disagree with our picks or have any of your own, sound off in our Instagram comments or send us a DM. We're at Tell Me About Your Father. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me.